Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What the heck is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, your home for all things Xbox here at Kind of Funny. Of course, I'm one of your show hosts, Snowbike Mike, and this week we are joined by a very special guest from What's Good Games. It's Andrea Renee Big Red. And of course, Andrea, I like to tell you this every time I see you. You are my number one. You are my hero. You're my inspiration. Oh, Mike, I always want to let you know so how special kind. you are to me. How are you, Andrea? I'm better now that I'm hanging out with you two. <laughs> I love hanging out with you guys. We need to do more stuff like IRL for oh. sure. Well, you know what? Hopefully at the Game Awards, we can bring some of the crew and all of our community together. And I'm sure you're going to be having a great time with the crew down there. Andrew, it's great to have you. Of course, I'm joined by just one of my gaming dads this week. It's Paris Lilly. Paris, how are you today? I'm doing great and uh, very excited to have Andrea on. As, as I've told you in the past, Andrea, you've been a big inspiration for me. You're one of the best in this industry, and it's awesome to have you. Aw, you guys stop it. You're giving me all the feels. <laughs> Thanks for having me. We're super excited to have you. And, of course, Andrea, let's ask the question, what's good? What you been up to lately? What you been playing? Let's start off the show with that. Oh, man. Well, What's Good Games is actually on a hiatus right now. We did a fun little send-off live stream for our girl, Rihanna Manuel Pena. If you guys follow her on social media, you know that she and her husband, Danny Pena, uh, of Gamertag Radio, of course. I think anyone who listens to the show knows that. Um, they're expecting their first baby, like, imminently. <laughs> baby could come literally at any moment. Um, and so Britt and I just took the time to kind of go dark for a few months and focus on some other stuff. And... That means hopefully getting to play more games, but I've mostly been playing the game of potty training with my toddler, which is super <laughs> fun. Um, but I have been dipping my toes into Alan Wake 2, and this game is so scary. <laughs> I'm not ready for it. That's great to hear. I love that, Andrea. And yeah, Alan Wake 2 has been a big topic of discussion over here at Kind of Funny. I know a lot of the crew is loving it. Potential game of the year, they're saying over here. Uh, you know, I know it's scary for you, but what are you thinking of it so far? It's really phenomenal in a lot of different ways. What Remedy has created with this game is truly unique. It's incredibly innovative. It's also just beautiful to look at. And the way that they interweave different gameplay mechanics, I've really never seen it done before. Now, survival horror, not my favorite genre of all time, but absolutely willing to give myself the, the spooky vibes to experience some truly remarkable game making. Paris, you've been playing. Alan Wake 2, what are your thoughts so far? We haven't got to talk deep dive into it quite yet. So I'm actually going to approach it this way. Um, I watch 
a lot of kind of funny content because oh. obviously I like to support the family and I like to keep up on what's going on. And I just so happened to be watching the game cast this morning. And at the very end, they were talking about game of the year, game awards and all that stuff. And my name came up about Alan Wake two, because I did say for me, I think Alan Wake two is the game of the year for every game that I've played this year. It is the, my most favorite game that I've played this year, hundred percent. And they mocked me for it. What? Why did they mock blessing. you? Greg, don't think I didn't see what you said. Nah, no, well, those, well, those fanboys don't know what they're talking they about, don't Paris. Get it. They don't get it. Well, I think I, I think they it, they thought about it in the context of youth. It winning. Yeah, it winning at the, win the Game Awards, game. So, which I yeah. think that's what they took away from it. But maybe that's not what your intention of the tweet was. Well, no, yeah, yeah. Because a lot of people were, were it was basically the Game Awards tweeted out you know, if you had to write it right now, what do you think the game game of the year would be? So I said, Alan Wake 2. I mean, all joking aside, I get their point. I mean, between Baldur's Gate 3 and Zelda, it's going to be pretty tough for it to win game of the year, in my personal yes. opinion. But it 100% should be on that nomination list when that comes out uh, next week, because that's just how good it was. Now, I have not played Baldur's Gate 3. So a lot of people take me to task for that going, how can you say you didn't play that game? So fair i haven't played it so maybe if i did play it it would change my mind but i played everything else that's going to be on that nomination list and uh LOA 2 definitely stood out to me there's still time to play Baldur's Gate. you can still play it still plenty not, of time i'm not gonna play it. there's there's too much other stuff <laughs> what? i already know i'm not gonna play it did you play cocoon yes i did oh my god i love that game it was so good that's now, the other we, game you know, i'm playing right now it's funny, just side tangent, when I think about game of the year, but then you think about indie game of the year, there is some stiff competition on that level. Cocoon's obviously one of them. Sea of Stars is another one that I'm thinking of off the top of my head. Um, would you consider, and well, no, you wouldn't consider um, Hi-Fi Rush an indie game. It's just a double A game since Microsoft put it out. Well, but it's Tango. Yeah. Um, yeah. So mm -hmm. no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. consider it indie because Tango's owned by Bethesda. Yeah. Um, so no, I wouldn't. But Baldur's Gate, definitely an indie. Wow, that's true. As okay. that is true. Okay, you're right. You're right. So, I mean, I think Baldur's Gate coming into the indie category feels unfair, but <laughs> I mean, technically, Larian is an independent studio, right? Yeah, so that's true. I okay. think it's worth. I think it's worth mentioning. But yeah, no, the indie category is just overflowing with gems this year. So mm -hmm. many, so many great games. Shout out to Dredge. I loved Dredge this Dredge, year. Yep. I really like Thirsty Suitors, which just Come came out. Come on, yep. that was a good one. Dave the Diver. I know there's a lot of a lot of conversation I just here. On Switch. That kind of I funny. I just started playing it. it that's uh, that's another one. Come great. On. It's fantastic. That's a fantastic one. Paris is right. Yeah. Uh, we're going to find out on Monday all the nominations for the Game mm -hmm. Awards. So that's something for all of you to look forward to. That will be a big topic of discussion. What are Jeff Keighley's top six that were voted on by the industry peers? And, uh, of course, where the nominations are going to go. It's very exciting stuff. Andrea, give me your top six real quick. If you could go off the top of your head, where do you think the nominations will be? They don't have to be your top six. What do you think the nominations wow. will be? For Game of the Year specifically? For Game of the Year, top six. Okay, so it'll be Baldur's Gate. Three, Baldur's Gate 3, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Um, I think it'll also be Alan Wake 2. Um, I hope to see Star Wars Jedi Survivor up there, but I don't know if my peers feel the same. Um, I think Starfield will be in that, though I've had some really interesting conversations with people in the industry about if it will or will not make it. Um, so that's five. Um, I mean, it's tough because there's like the best of the rest is like Resident Evil 4 has a, a shot. Final Fantasy 16 has a shot. Um, 
I'm trying to think of what else could, you know, oh, Sp Marvel Spider-Man 2, of course, that has to be in there. So that would be, I, that to me is like a definitive. Like that game is one of my top three games of the year. That game is just magnificent in so many ways. There's just, it's hard. It's going to be interesting. I was actually talking to Keely about this um, when I saw him at the Alan Wake preview event. And I was like, man, what are you going to do this year? Is it going to be like the Oscars when they expanded the, you know, best picture category and had, you know, like more nominees? And he's like, I don't know. It's tough because he's like, not every year is going to be like this right. year. So he's like, oh, why, do, why would we want to expand it? We have to think really carefully about permanently expanding it. But he's like, because there's going to be so many split mm -hmm. votes, he anticipates there being some ties. And I was like, oh, interesting. Mm. Okay. Hmm. Very exciting. Uh, Paris, I, I want to think, tell me, yeah, Paris. no, go ahead. Go ahead, please. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to keep it moving. So you tell me, Paris. Yeah, you know, I was just going to simply uh, expand upon what, what Andrea is saying. See, yeah, I'm, I'm leaning towards let's not expand it because when I think about 2024 as an example, again, there's a lot of unknown, but what if we do know, I, I, I just don't think it's going to be as big as 2023 to where you're going to have eight or nine or 10, you know, games that are going to quote unquote be worthy of, of being in the nomination list. So I think keep it at six. It's what he's always done. And I think no matter what, it, it could be 10, honestly. And I think no matter what, there's going to be people that are going to have a legit reason to be upset why their favorite game didn't make it into the nom. Cause like you bring up Jedi survivor. I don't think Jedi survivor makes it into the top six. No, and I don't either. In any other year it would be absolutely. I think when you think about games like Diablo four and you think final fantasy 16, those Diablo. Oh my God, another game. It. I just forgot. Right. Right. Those absolutely, <laughs> those could be on the list, but it wouldn't shock me if they're not as examples. So yeah, it's gonna be a great year. And we've talked about it on previous shows. Like I just brought up hi-fi rush. I think of, all the games that have come out this year, it might make one nomination category, but I I, I think it's going to suffer the most because oh. it, it came out so early in the year. I think a lot of people, it's not going to be top of mind, but it was a fantastic game and it deserves, you know, all the accolades that it potentially could get. But I, I got a feeling that it won't. But obviously we'll see on Monday. We're going to give it a lot of love here on the X-Cast when we talk about some of the best Xbox games of the year. Hi-Fi Rush will be definitely giving its flowers. But Paris, I want to touch on some games you've been playing before we get into the show because I know you've been jumping into Halo Infinite, checking out some of those Forge maps, and you know I had to jump in to that Halo Battle Royale that was created yeah. by the community, and I have some thoughts on that, but I want to know what you've been thinking of Season 5 thus far after a couple of weeks. I mean, in my opinion, Halo, Halo Infinite, it, it's back. Like... As much as, you know, over the past few years, we've been talking about Halo and it's been mostly a downer. I mean, obviously at, at its initial launch, we're pretty high on it with the campaign and that initial offering a multiplayer, but they just simply couldn't keep up with the content. But this season five feels like this is what I've wanted Halo Infinite to be. You know, it's feature complete. Uh, what they're doing with Forge right now is just amazing, to, to your point. I dipped my toe in that Battle Royale, so I haven't played it a lot, but just a couple matches I did was, was a blast. People are with that Forge AI now, they're creating full-on campaign missions <laughs> already. And it's only been like a couple weeks. So I'm I'm super excited to see where this game's gonna be, you know, three months from now, six months from now, as as these creators get more hands-on with it. Not to mention what 343 is gonna do with it internally as well. We know the mid-season updates coming out with those nine maps for the firefight stuff. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I've been brave enough to start jumping into rank matches like my, myself, Danny. 
Khalif, uh, we we're, were playing last night ranked. It's just a blast having a black, like not that we're the best or anything like that, but even when you're losing, you're having fun. And I think that's a testament to what 343 has been doing with Halo. So I, I'm really excited for the future of it. Oh, it's, it's so much fun just to be playing Halo again, Paris. And yeah, to give a shout out to that team behind the scenes who created that little Halo Battle Royale. It's not perfect by any means, but when you look at it from a community standpoint, a Forge standpoint, it is a fun time to jump yeah. in and check out. I will say well done on the map. Very cool with the closing circle. The AI is punishing. There is a PVP VE element to this mm -hmm. where the AI is going to get up in your grill. They're going to really add to the fire of it all. And it is a fun time, especially Andrea. Get this. They got a gulag. So if you die, you go into the gulag and you fight for your survival, which kudos to them for creating something fun and dumb like that. So that's a good time. Please check that out. And if you want to know another good time, it's RoboCop. RoboCop Rogue City is a good time. It is dumb fun. Oh, yeah. And it makes me smile every time I turn it on and I grab somebody and I throw them through a window. A RoboCop stops all around and he's got the cool pistol. What a good time that game is as well. Paris, Andrea, let's jump into the show because we got a lot to talk about. Just like, of course, Mass Effect. What did they do for N7 Day? We're going to talk all about that. And we now know that GTA 6 is now real. And we're going to get a trailer very, very soon. So we're going to ask you, the audience out there, and these two incredible panelists, what they want from the next GTA right now on this episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast. Don't forget that we post each and every Thursday at 6 a.m. West Coast, Best Coast time on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, RoosterTeeth.com, and of course on podcast services around the globe. Don't forget Kind of Funny Games is now Epic Games Partners, which means you can use our Epic Creator code Kind of Funny at checkout anytime you buy games off of the Epic Games store. If you upgrade your look in Rocket League or Fall Guys, or maybe if you're hot dropping back into Fortnite OG. Yeah, that's right. For the next month, you get that OG map. You get all of the memories with you and your squad. So please, if you're buying the new Fortnite season pass, if you're upgrading your look, please use our Epic Creator Code Kind of Funny at checkout. Talking about support, we'd like to thank those who support us here at Kind of Funny via Patreon. Of course, we have a number of awesome tiers over at Patreon that you can come and get involved in. You'll get ad-free viewing on shows. You'll get to be a part of the live chat when we do the live shows and record them with all of you. Or you can become a Patreon producer, just like our friends Jackson Hampton and Delaney Twining did for the month of November. Thank you for your support. This week, the Kind of Funny X-Cast is sponsored by Shady Rays and Rocket Money, but I'll tell you all about that in just a little bit. Let's kick it to the news of the week. It's N7 Day. Of course, it's November. That means it's time to celebrate all things Mass Effect and look back on some of our favorite trilogy and maybe one other game that we don't really talk about that much, Andrea. But hey, of course, that game was great. <laughs> it was sure, fine. It wasn't as good as the, the, the trilogy, but I really enjoyed Andromeda, okay? Well, Andrea, I'm happy to have you here because you are my Shep. You are my N7 hero out there. I know you love Mass Effect. And yesterday was N7 Day, which means Bioware and the team from Mass Effect come out and celebrate with the community. Maybe give us a little teaser of what to expect next. Of course, we do know that Dragon Age is next from that team. When I look back on it, Mass Effect Andromeda was 2017. Anthem was 2019. And that leads me into 2023 questioning where and when will I get Mass Effect? So, Andrea, what did you think of N7 Day? And when will we get some Mass Effect in our life? 
Just like the biggest wah, 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 <laughs> sad trombone moment. I'm going to say it. Like a lot of Mass Effect fans feel the same way as well. We just haven't gotten anything substantial in a very long time. And that's because BioWare as a studio has gone through some really tumultuous years. And they've had to shift course and restart projects. They've lost almost all of their senior leadership that originally worked on Mass Effect. And granted, they still have quite a few people there that are working on this game and that are excited about working on this game. And I'm still excited to play when it comes out. But it's tough to keep enthusiasm going so many years without having anything in between. Right. I mean, we obviously got, you know, the remaster uh, trilogy, which was fantastic, but nothing really new there. Right. It was literally just a, a, a nice one. They did have some, you know, features, but game game wise and narrative wise, uh, nothing different. I mean, the teaser for Mass Effect 4, as we called it then, and now it looks like they're just calling it Mass Effect, or at least for now, was in 2020 at the Game Awards. And it was this huge hype moment, lots of fan theories about where it could be and where it's going. And now it's like, what? I just am questioning why even put out another teaser with literally zero information. And I do know Bioware loves their Easter eggs, but there's not really a lot to go on here. And so I'm like, well, this just feels almost unfair and slightly mean <laughs> to be like, you know, we're just going to gonna drop you this 35 second teaser. Enjoy. And when we come back with the next update in 2026. Because <laughs> like, they got Dreadwolf in the pipeline from Dragon Age that needs to come out first. They definitely don't have the resources to put these out simultaneously, nor would they want to. So I just am a little bit confused. It's it's tough. But obviously, N7, what it stands for, and the community is wonderful and fantastic. And Mass Effect is still one of the most important franchises of my video game playing history and career. And it's always going to have a special place in my heart. And I eagerly await some substantial new information, which we did not get this year. <laughs> Andrea, very well said. And I feel the same way after watching that 35 second teaser of like, man, that was absolutely nothing. But, you know, nothing <laughs> beats nothing. <laughs> a really cool, like neon futuristic sport coat with that fierce red and that white N7 logo. I mean, it's very cool looking. I'll give them that. But it doesn't mean anything to me three days afterwards. Right. Like we're going to walk away from that. And it didn't give me anything new. Paris, what did you think? It's actually ironic that Andrew is on here, given our, our past with release dates on games, when I'm about to say. <laughs> now, to be clear, I'm a huge Mass Effect fan. I think Mass Effect 2 is one of the greatest games ever made, period, point blank. Um, I don't think we see whatever this Mass Effect is going to be until the PlayStation 6 and the Xbox Y, <laughs> right? It's <laughs> it's going to be a long ways off. I, I don't see if it does land this generation, it's going to be at the very end of it, leading into the next generation of gaming. Um, to, to Andrew's point, I mean, this teaser doesn't do a lot for me because I just don't think the game is imminent. I, it, it, I can't get excited for it when I think about the track record. Uh, with the, like Andrew, you might even remember this. God, was this E3 2014? Remember, we always called it the donut E3 for EA because EA had the press conference where they had nothing to show and they gave everybody donuts. Gameplay. Yeah, that's what this yeah. feels like to me, where it's just years and years away and you're not really giving me anything to be excited about. And I'm saying this as a Mass Effect fan, because, of course, I want a new Mass Effect. Obviously, after Andromeda didn't land the way that they thought, they've gone back to the drawing board. We see, to your point, the state that the studio is in with, with their leadership and the structure. 
they are most likely focusing on Dragon Age. Like, let's get that right first before we start truly worrying about what Mass Effect is going to be and when it's coming out. So to that point, yeah, I'm I'm not holding my breath anytime soon for for a new Mass Effect. Andrea, do you think that we could get Mass Effect at the Game Awards this year? Or do you you think it will be Dragon Age? Will we get Dragon Age at the Game Awards? Do you think we'll get anything from Bioware? Dude, I would I mean I would like us to get something from Dreadwolf at the Game Awards because we got, you know, the last big substantial teaser we got, at least, you know, trailer-wise, was at the Game Awards, but I honestly don't know. Like some of the like rumblings I've heard on the industry side is that there's just a lot of like, you know, turmoil at Bioware right now. And that while they obviously are a team of talented people and they're marching forward, it's it, it kind of makes you pause and go, well, what is happening with that game? You know, did they have to start over and retool it? And knowing Bioware's history within EA as a publisher and how EA's prerogatives have changed quite dramatically in the last five years, it's like, well, what is what is that game going to look like? Is it going to look like the Dragon Age games that we've known? Is it going to be like Inquisition or even some of the earlier games? Because the bar for open world RPGs has raised quite a bit since oh, Inquisition yeah. came out. And Inquisition was a game of the year game, right? Like that game was phenomenal. And I thought what Bioware created with that was really, really magical. So it's like, I think they've already set the bar high for themselves and now the industry has pushed it even higher. And so you go, well, you definitely don't want to put out something that's not at least going to meet where the competition is because gamers have so much more choice than ever and so fewer dollars than ever before because of the way the world is, the way the economy is, inflation. So it's so tough for teams to try to pick and choose how are we going to set our game apart even if it comes from a beloved IP. Well said. Very excited to see what they can do, Andrea. Because, yeah, I think about Baldur's Gate 3 this year and what that did in that genre, right? And an impossible <laughs> an impossible standard to meet. Exactly. And now <laughs> I look at this team going, man, I really love Dragon Age and everything you've done. I, you know, I would be afraid to be next to this and give it some time away. But I, I don't know when we will see Dragon Age or the next Mass Effect. But I do know one thing. We're going to see something right around the corner, and that's GTA 6. But we're going to talk about that right after a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Shady Rays. Tis the season of giving. Get the perfect gift for a special someone, yourself, or both. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with premium polarized shades and quick swap snow goggles that won't break the bank. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers an unrivaled product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Y'all know I've been outside in the sun a lot playing Pokemon Go, and it's such a great experience wearing Shady Rays when I'm out and about looking dope. And that's not all. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost or broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one they told us they will send you a brand new pair no questions asked exclusively for our listeners shady rays is giving out a very merry deal for the season you can go to shadyrays.com use code kind of funny for 50 percent off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people by going to shadyrays.com using code kind of funny and you'll get 50 percent off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses this episode's brought to you by rocket money rocket Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your 
unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending and helps you lower your bills all in one place. And it has surprised multiple of my friends and people are kind of funny at how many subscriptions they have that they have forgot they're still paying for. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about. Seriously, think of how many free trials you've subscribed to that you've probably never canceled. That's why I'm such a big fan of Rocket Money. It's so easy to cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money can even negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny. That's rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny. Rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Let's talk about it. It's the big news of the week. It is now official. Rockstar has said that GTA 6 is real, and we are going to get a trailer in December, here's it coming right from the Rockstar Twitter account. It says, next month marks the 25th anniversary of Rockstar Games. Thanks to the incredible support of our players worldwide, we have had the opportunity to create games we are truly passionate about. We are very excited to let you know that in early December, we will release the first trailer for the next Grand Theft Auto. We look forward to many more years of sharing these experiences <laughs> with all of you. Paris Lilly, what's your excitement level for a Grand Theft Auto 6 trailer? And did Jeff Keighley secure the bag? And will it be at the Game Awards? I mean, I'm very excited for a Grand, Grand Theft Auto 6 trailer. Really looking forward to it. I mean, this is the GOAT. This is, this is the game. This is the game that when it comes out, it's transcendent. I mean, look how many years we've been playing Grand Theft Auto 5, and it's still not slowed, slowed down. So I'm very excited to see what this next iteration of Grand Theft Auto is going to be. Now, to your point, did Jeff Keighley get this? No, I do not think no, Jeff Keighley has this. No way, no how. But Rockstar I have needs nobody and nothing have, to announce theory, anything. Though. I have a theory though, Andrea. Okay, I, I, let's go. Early December, I, I was thinking early December, I go, what is going on in early December if it's not the Game Awards? Mike? Tell me. There's a little something happening in Las Vegas in early December. Uh-oh. You, you know what I'm talking about. It's the tournament, the <laughs> NBA, NBA tournament. NBA mid-season tournament, game. Andrea Renee. They're trying to get uh -oh. eyeballs on it. They're trying to get people excited about it. They want people watching it, right? What better way to do that than to partner up with Rockstar and debut that trailer at halftime of, of the tournament game? The you know, normally, game. normally I'd say that's not that's not right? the bag. <laughs> yeah. But if anybody could woo take two with money, it would be the, the NBA. NBA. <laughs> exactly. And, that, and that, that's the only reason I'm thinking of it, because this is the first year of it. You're trying to draw attention to it. What's a way to get that? 
18 to 49 demographic or whoever they're trying to capture to pay attention to this tournament. And it's, it would be Grand Theft Auto 6. Everybody knows about this game. It is yeah. the biggest game. But I'm torn, right? Because those spots are so expensive for advertisers to buy. And Rockstar knows that they don't have to pay a premium to get the word out about GTA. So Adam like, Silver's like, I get your discount, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, love, I love the idea though, yeah. that it's, you know, that it's a kind of get hype moment. Cause it's definitely not gonna be debuted at the Game Awards. Doesn't mean that Rockstar isn't gonna do something with Keeley at the Game Awards as like in tandem, but that's not what we're gonna see for the first time. Um, but we also, can I just like mention in this public statement, they don't call it Grand Theft Auto 6. They literally that's just right. say the next Grand Theft Auto. And I think that's worth noting Ooh, because okay. what if this isn't GTA 6 and it's instead GTA something else? I mean, Grand Theft Auto Vice City was my favorite Grand Theft Auto. Oh, yeah. and uh, as Blessing be. has said over the last, uh, joked over the last couple of years, you can spell Vice City with a V-I at the very beginning. Not bad. I like that. Not bad. Ooh. Well, Ooh, a little, a little, a little graphics work there. I like that. I like that for everyone watching and listening. Of course, the Game Awards takes place December seventh. The championship game of that mid-season NBA tournament takes place Saturday, December 9th. So both early December, something to keep an eye out on that one. Andrea, let's talk about Grand Theft Auto, right? Uh, the fun ones are some of the stats that they shared. GTA 5 has sold 190 million copies. Just stupid. Red, it's just stupid, that number. Red Dead Redemption ridiculous. 2, 57 million copies. So we expect Ooh. a lot out of Rockstar, and we know they're very talented. Uh, of course, we have seen... We've seen some of the leaks, right? We don't know if they're true or not, but we do believe it takes place in Vice City down in Miami will be the inspiration, possibly two protagonists, maybe a male and a female going on there. Of course, a lot of energy going into some fun times ahead. But Andrew, let's talk about Grand Theft Auto. What do you expect out of this trailer? What are some of the wowing things that you want to see? I would love to see some innovation that they're doing in gameplay. Rockstar is an innovative studio. They are one of the industry leading studios and some of the technology that they build for their games. I remember feeling so amazed at some of the things that they accomplished with Red Dead Redemption 2 from a technology perspective in that game. Um, and I really would love to see them take some of that and bring it into GTA. Even more of those organic moments you can just stumble across and they just kind of happen in the world, building upon, you know, procedurally generated AI and scripting and all that that they really kind of started doing within RDR2. And I think that, you know, we're going to see that. I think that's why we've waited so long for what's next, because even Rockstar themselves have come out and said, we expect the best of ourselves and we want to put out something that's going to change the industry. Now, dare I use the tech bros word, disrupt the video game industry. <laughs> um, but I mean, that's what Rockstar is, right? They are a disruptor. Like they kind of stand alone on their own island doing their own thing, but they clearly have a commitment to quality that they back up time and time again. And that's why all eyes are on what is this announcement going to be? Because GTA is one of the biggest video game franchises of all time. Andrea, can you keep it real with me for a second? Let's get real. 
Okay. Okay. Will this feel like a half step forward or will this truly feel next gen? <laughs> and when I oh, think about not a half step, for I sure. think about Starfield, right? Starfield was new IP 25 years in the making. It was a Bethesda game, right? It did feel like a half step into the next generation of gaming. Do you think Rockstar has it in them? Will will set the tone? You don't think it's yes. a half step? No, okay. I don't think Rockstar does half steps. They've had a couple missteps, maybe, but not half steps. Um, L.A. Noir, I'm looking at you. Hmm. <laughs> um, but I think that when you take their biggest franchise, Grand Theft Auto, and say, we're going to put the next installment of the Grand Theft Auto franchise out, they're not going to baby step, half step it at all, right? Like, they're doing this incredibly thoughtfully, very specifically making clear choices about how they're announcing it, how they're developing it, and what it's going to look like. And so I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Like, it's, it's rare that we get these really gigantic moments in video games, but a new GTA, man, it's one of them. Paris, what do you think? Half step, full next gen step? Where, where do you think this is going to fall? I, I do think, to, literally to everything that Andrea said, I think this is a full, full next gen step that, that they're going to do because of the pedigree of the studio and how meticulous they are about their games. And it has been 10 years, 10 years, right? It's been 10 years since, since five. The fact that they're coming out and going, yep, yeah, we're about to show you a trailer. I'm, I'm expecting a next gen experience from them. And believe it or not, you know what actually kind of gives me hope that this will truly be a next gen experience? Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty. Once CD Projekt Red left the last gen behind and said, we're making Cyberpunk only in next gen, look what that game is right now, right? That, it, it's incredible. And I expect Rockstar to go an even higher level than that. So, yeah, I'm again, I'm really looking forward to this trailer to see what they do. Yeah, I'm looking for some sunshine, some beaches, ocean. I'm looking for a lot out of this one. And of course, I asked you and the community to come together and give me some of your most requested things that you want out of the next Grand Theft Auto. What are the must haves to separate this from GTA 5 and GTA Online? That takes it to the next level. And so I want us to go around. And we'll say some of the things that we really want to see. And I'm going to jump into the community right off the bat because Josh B shares one that I love and says, I hope that GTA 6 adds more mini games. I see like uh, the series, like a dragon ramping up the little things you can do. And I love that. Give us bowling, darts, races, golf, basketball, soccer, etc. I want a bit more added into the world. And I echo that statement. I want to see them continue to elevate these side activities, right? I think mm -hmm. we've gotten such a fun one coming from Grand Theft Auto 4, where they really put an emphasis on romance and you were going out on dates and playing darts and going to the comedy store. I want to see more of that. And I think golf and tennis was fun for me, but what else can you add to really make it feel like a, a lived in world that I can just stop and say, you know what, uh, today I'm not going to do any of that. I'm going to go play, you know, paddle ball or something like that. So that's what I'm looking for. Uh, Andrea, what are something that you want to see? I love that because GTA is the ultimate sandbox game, right? And it is kind of interesting when you bring up, you know, Like a Dragon or the Yakuza franchise and how well they've done mini games and that they're known for the mini games. So love that, love that suggestion. Um, am I going to just like hit it on the nose and be like female pro protagonist, Ooh. playable main female protagonist? But I mean, that conversation has been had, fingers crossed that, you know, we'll, we'll get it this time around. But Honestly, I have no idea. I have no idea what it's going to look like. So I would like to see that. I would like to see 
you know, more big storylines with more female characters. And, you know, hopefully we'll get that. I like that as well. Uh, Andrea, I really do hope that they have a female protagonist. I like the idea of maybe a brother-sister combo. Uh, what I would love to see, very similar to what we saw in Spider-Man 2, where both of them are just existing in the world. If I'm playing as one, maybe I roll up and the other one's doing their laundry or currently robbing a store. And I'm like, yo, what are you doing over there? Let me yeah. help out. I would love to see a little bit more of that. I think we saw the three protagonists really work in Grand Theft Auto V. I think everyone loved that you could switch to any one of them on the fly and jump in and see what they were doing. But it would be cool to see them actively in the world and participating in events that maybe aren't the mission, aren't the side mission, just living their lives would be really, really cool yeah, on that. Like a Letty and Dom situation, right? Oh, my God. Dom, I love that. It's right? right. Uh, you know what else I'd like, Andrew, talking about characters, I would like a little bit more on the character customization side. I know that we usually have, you know, these are the protagonists, these are who you get, maybe add a tattoo or a hairstyle, but I would love to go back to Grand Theft Auto San Andreas and say, hey, if you work out, you gain muscle. If you eat too much, you get fat and overweight. I would like us to take it to the next level of, let me play a little bit with these characters, whoever they may be, whatever they might be doing just a little bit of tinkering would be fun. I'd like to see a character customization elevated in this and take it to the next level, not only for Grand Theft Auto Online, but also for myself, maybe scars. If I get shot a bunch, maybe there's scars that I'll have on my body. That would be cool. But elevating the character would be nice for me. Paris, yeah, Lily, what do you got? Because, oh, tell me. Oh, I just wanted to touch on that because obviously GTA Online is its own beast and the, the what you right. want out of a set for a, a set of, you know, I guess features for GTA online, I think is different than requests for like GTA, the campaign. Right. Um, and so I, it's hard sometimes to kind of like silo those things. Cause are they going to be siloed in the next iteration? Who knows? I would guess not. Um, but what does that mean for the crafted narrative experience that we come to know of the GTA campaigns versus the more player driven experience of GTA online? Ooh, I like that. Paris, what do you got for me? What see, do you want to see? This is why I tell you, Andrea, she's like the best in the business because she's saying everything that I was about to say. I don't mean to take it from no, you, Paris. No. I'm sorry. No, 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 not a problem at all. But to your, to your exact point of what you're talking about, that's where I was going was the online component. I, I do think what is what is the next iteration of that going to look like? Is that going to be more integrated into the main part of the game potentially and not just be a, a separate thing because obviously over these past 10 years grand theft auto online has been the the thing that that's kept it going beyond just the main game so i'm very curious to see do we see more of a co-op component in in the main campaign obviously what are the insane heists <laughs> that are, are going to be happening online I'm, I'm very interested to see how how that's going to play out um i doubt we see any hint of that in this initial trailer it'll probably be more story focused but obviously when we get closer to whenever the game is coming out and they start talking more about it that would probably be the thing that i want to say kenny writes in aka tyler and says i really want to see better graphics and load times how can Grand Theft Auto 6 best take advantage of the current gen hardware? P.S. Shout out to GTA 5 for beating Spider-Man 2 to the punch with seamless character switching in 2013. Who would have thought that would be a big thing? Shout out to that one. But yeah, Andrew, we talked about that half step or full step. And that's where I kind of play this dance of like, what will Grand Theft Auto look like, right? I think we've seen some advancements since 2013 to now of first person mode. Oh, now they've added ray tracing, right? Oh, it's still taken forever to load into online or back into single player. I do want to see something 
on not only the hardware side of load times, but I want to see something wowing. I, I think there's this blend of it's GTA and you see it and you look at it and you know what it looks like, but I think there's another step to it that will make it look maybe a little more realistic or maybe just next-gen vibes, and I worry that we're not going to get that, Andrea. That's a very well-placed worry because I think in some regards they're a little Pokemon-like in in that because they and i use pokemon as an example because pokemon is a game a video game franchise that has such a massive built-in loyal audience that while we would love to see a huge generational leap forward for pokemon both in gameplay and graphics we haven't gotten it yet and it's like well when will we get it um, and it's like, well, GTA also massive built-in loyal fan base. Do they need from a graphics perspective only to make this huge leap? Like, does it need to look like Horizon Forbidden West, but GTA? Like, is that necessary or possible when you have a giant sandbox game versus just an open world action adventure? Because those are two different things, right? So I think it's it's an interesting idea. I mean, listen. I know we're not really supposed to talk about that leaked footage that happened, but that leaked <laughs> footage was, you know, for how old it was, still looked real good. So I think um, I think it's going to look just beautiful. So no I like, worry. I like hearing that. Back to you, Andrea. What else do you want to see? From GTA? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, it's interesting because I one of the conversations that I th found really fascinating around what to expect from the next Grand Theft Auto is how are they going to handle some of the more controversial aspects of content that's been in GTA games of past in today's culture landscape, knowing how even 2023 is different than 2020 was and is dramatically different than 2012 was, right? And it's like, well, what are they going to do to evolve the way that they approach narrative and storytelling set against a backdrop of crime and criminals and people who are, you know, unsavory types, but also knowing that we as an audience aren't really as tolerating of some of the things that you could do in those games, right? Like the idea that you would pay a hooker to get in your car and you would mess around with her and then you could shoot her and take your money back, right? Like that is a gameplay loop probably doesn't fly today right so it's like well what is rockstar gonna do and how are, what kind of gameplay elements are they gonna work in to grand theft auto as a formula and a franchise that are gonna resonate with gamers and get gamers excited and obviously you're never gonna please everybody there's always gonna be people who are upset about literally anything and everything and i'm not talking about those people i'm talking about the the mass of people who typically will buy a gta game and I think everyone's appetite for that has just dramatically shifted. So how they're going to approach that's going to be very fascinating. That's really well said because that is exactly what Christian wrote in on and wants to say, all I want out of Grand Theft Auto is a better story. GTA 5 has an incredible open world and online sandbox, but I can't stand the single player narrative at all. GTA is known for its sat uh, satirical characters, but 5 is just too off the rails. It's exhaustingly cynical, Full of parody that's nothing compared to where our own reality went and we don't have a single character to root for Paris do you think that's going to be a tough one for them to nail is the story and really connecting with us as the gamers and players yeah I mean it I, I agree I, I I agree that I, I think it's it's going to be tough but also part of what makes Grand Theft Auto is leaning into the satire of it as well. So they honestly they just got to 
it, it's a balance. It, it's finding that fine line of going all the way to the edge, but not going over it um, and offending too many people. But I don't want I don't want to lose that at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it, it'll be interesting to see because what, what am I thinking of the last Saints Row game? I don't think it wasn't Saints Row. And I think that was part of its problem where you're not doing the thing that made you phenomenon that you were so if grand theft auto were to have this drastic shift away from that i think a lot of people it, there'd be a huge pushback in my opinion but we are in a different world now so so you do have to be mindful of that uh nobody has way. chill anymore i, I almost know. feel like satire is impossible to do now because the people who appreciate it and understand what satire even is feels few and far between it's like yo dog like we could talk about having a joke and not getting offended at literally everything that happens yeah right like you know there, what? there has to be a space to talk about yeah. people's emotional response and feelings and being cognizant of inclusivity right like that's important but we also need to talk about like is it okay to also poke fun at ourselves and laugh at ourselves and like where is that line is is different for everybody and that's like the incredibly hard part about making any narrative comedy content in this in this era and i don't like i don't feel for them they have their work cut out for them for sure definitely don't but but you know what you just made me think of something you know who does a great job of that and mike mentioned the game earlier robocop rogue city City does a great job with, with their satire. It felt like RoboCop to me, and that's why I enjoyed it so much. So, I mean, I, st I think there's still room there to be able to do it right and do it in a respectful, tasteful way. Um, but no, I do not envy that writing, writing room at all. <laughs> it's going to be tough. Uh, some things for me that I'm looking forward to and hopefully seeing is some more dynamic weather. Uh, I think we've played around with it in the GTA franchise, but being in Miami, I would really like to see how we can play a little bit more with that, right? I think there are some really cool biomes within that southern area that maybe we can see a swamp, we can see the beach, we can maybe get some flooding, maybe even possibly a hurricane. I would love to Kinda see like us. Just Cause? Like, yes, you know that, Andrea. That's what I want. I want something really wowing where it feels powerful and in the moment you have a slight panic of like what am i going to do here what is going to be the repercussions of whatever decision i make but i'd love to see that especially when we talk about those beautiful sandy beaches right i'm going to be spending time running up and down the coast maybe swimming out to a yacht party i want to see them really bring it when it comes to weather and the environment itself because I don't know if we'll get a Mount Tam similar to Grand Theft Auto 5 where there's just a giant mountain to hike up and downhill mountain bike. It doesn't really fit the aesthetic of Miami. So how do you elevate that in a swamp-like situation? Speaking on that, the other part, and completely agree with the weather stuff, but as far as the open world goes, and now this is taking it more San Andreas, yeah, it might be happening in Miami, but I want to be able to go to Tallahassee. Or I want to go to Cuba or something <laughs> like that, right? And not any, a super big deal, but expand outside of just the city when it comes to the open world and really make it feel big and expansive. Um, I think that would obviously be next gen only. I think they, they have an opportunity to be able to do as well. Andrew, I always had the dream. I'll never forget. It was Grand Theft Auto 3. Vice City was next and everybody was, there was rumors being spread at the lunch table, you know? Oh, I heard you can roller skate. And I said, man, I'd love to roller skate. I would love for them to figure out some roller skating in this game because we've had BMX bikes, they're incredible. I would love more modes of transportation. Shucks, let me ride a horse. 
You know what I mean? Let's see how kind of weird and funky they can get with some new ones. Surfing is probably going to be in there. I would hope it's in there. And so I'm looking at some other modes of transportation that would elevate the fun game. I mean, deep sea diving? Oh. Like, like scuba? That could be fun. That could be really cool. And then that leads me into wildlife, Andrea. They better nail the wildlife. Because I feel like in Grand Theft Auto Five, we said, oh, yeah, there's wildlife. But it was like one deer would run by me. I would love to really feel like when I'm in the ocean, you see the coral reefs. You see sharks coming by. Maybe some fish. Maybe we have some Animal Crossing type fishing mini game going on in there. Just small things that really elevate this open world. But see, that, that goes back to the point I was making before to what you're saying. Have the Everglades. In there, yes. right? You know, we look, we might have to get rid of someone and take them down to the Everglades and <laughs> let them yeah. get it. Right? You know what I mean? So it's just stuff like that if they could do that. Um, yeah, I, again, I'm I'm super excited for, for this trailer. I mean, we're obviously spitballing and you know the possibilities are endless, but um I have a good feeling they're they're gonna nail this. Uh I have two more, one for me and one from the community. One for me is the music. Of course, my favorite stuff is the radio stations. I love the radio DJs. Of course, Laszlo has been with us all the way through and through, always bringing the laughter. But I am excited to see what is the new soundtracks they pick. How do we make it streamer friendly, but still feel like I have a good soundtrack if I go into streamer mode? And on top of that, I would love a little more freedom on possibly favoriting the songs that I like from each station and having my own station with those favorited songs so I don't have to listen to the songs I don't like. I don't think we have a world where we're going to integrate Spotify in any way, shape, or form. I think some people would dream that station is just their Spotify playlist, but for me, I'd like to take the playlist that Grand Theft Auto gives me and like five or ten songs out of them and make my own radio station of just the songs I prefer, I think would be That'd fun be awesome. as well. I don't think that that's out of the realm of possibility with mobile connectivity like if they did do some kind of connected mobile app to be able to do that and have it you know like tied to your gamer tag i also don't think like a spotify partnership is also out of the realm of possibility at launch probably yeah, yeah. Not. I, uh, but eventually maybe i agree with you on that my only worry with that is online connectivity right i hate when it's like oh you're online bumped and nothing's working right you know what i mean like I want it to be as seamless as possible, and I do worry if we start integrating Spotify all of a sudden, if your internet bumps one second, it might blow you up the game. You just want your cake and eat it, too, huh, yeah. Mike? Like, <laughs> do you want to be able to favorite your songs and skip the ones you don't, but you don't want to be online. I well, want, you know, I, you don't get to have both. You know that, Andrea. Let's finish this one. I think this one will make you smile, Andrea. Mr. Hawks writes in and says, For Grand Theft Auto 6, it would be cool to see returning main characters to see what they're up to now. If the game is set in present day, if we're in Vice City, what does Tommy Fursetti's empire look like 40 years later? Did Claude ever make it out of Liberty City? Or maybe he ended up working for Nico. It's mostly just fan service, but I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. That could be fun. I mean, it's like, it's very low on my list of priorities or of requests, but you know, like having some really well thought out Easter eggs, I think is always great fan service. I, I agree with that. I, I know this is after the launch and we're still talking about the launch, but I would like to see single player DLC. I think a lot of people look back on that GTA four with the DLC that we had. And it is interesting to think we win a full decade without any sort of single player DLC being added to grand theft auto five. Right. I would like us to get to that Halo Infinite. I'm looking at you as well. I think that goes a long way, adding some story stuff, but it would be nice to see DLC back in the mix for Grand Theft Auto on the campaign side of things. You too? 
It's time to wrap up this episode. It was fast. It was furious. And unfortunately, we can't stay here all day. But I have one final news story that I got to make sure I tell everybody about because we have a new update coming your way for Grounded. Of course, if you've been in the sandbox, if you've been beating up on those tiny insects and building your ultimate dream fortress out of blades of grass, oh boy, do I have a fun one to tell you about. November 13th, there is a brand new Grounded update making its way to you called the Make It and Break It update. The team at Obsidian has asked the question, what if we could design and build our own Critter Habitat, create new ways to fight them off, or even build new game experiences entirely. This is precisely what Grounded Make It and Break It update allows you to do. With the brand new Playgrounds mode, you can craft your own levels from the ground up and with a suite of design tools at your disposal using either the pre-existing backyard or an empty sandbox as a starting point, you can craft buildings, place objects, furniture, and even create or even use creature spawners that drop enemies whenever you'd like them to. Inspired by the modding community, the team wanted to give players the tools to craft their own unique grounded experience and ability to share and try others' creations as well. Paris, I wanted to make sure to slide this in there because I know you're loving Halo Forge, and it sounds like Grounded is getting their own Forge-like situation coming to the game, which is exciting to see. See, this is why Obsidian was my number one pick when we did the, we did the draft last week. No, I, this is great. And to your exact point, I mean, this is like a forge mode for for grounded. And I think again, this the possibilities are, are endless. And actually, Mike, I want you to pronounce his name. Can you pronounce? Um, oh, Mike, can see if I say it, then you're gonna say it. Uh, he makes all the gra all the graphics. You couldn't say his name last week. Oh, Clobriel is how I Thank pronounced you. it. Uh huh. Mm hmm. Thank you. No, I mean, he even posted something um, just playing around in there, had created something just within like the first couple days of this being out. So it's exciting. It's exciting when you hand tools back to the community and just let their imaginations go wild. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing here in the next few weeks and months what people are going to be making. Andrew, what do you think about user-created content in games and giving the players the tool set? Do you get excited about this? Will you jump into Grounded with this update? Where do you fall on this? I mean, I think UGC is great if development teams have the resources to support it. Because you're never going to imagine what your community can dream up for your game. And I think developers consistently are surprised and delighted by the imaginations of their, you know, biggest fans. It doesn't matter what game it is, whether it's, you know, making cool designs in Animal Crossing or if it's making levels in the game like Little Big Planet. You know, like we're seeing players from Fortnite do really cool things. And I think that... Grounded is going to be no exception and that we're going to see really interesting things. But for me personally, as a gamer, just not my bag. Just going to just going to throw it out there and let people know. I'm like you, Andrea. I'm not creative at all when it comes to using this. No, tool I just set. play them. And I just play yeah, them. Right. Right. I like playing them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is cool to see a small team from the Obsidian team be able to continue to make Grounded so great in what it is now. And to be able to say, hey. We're a small team. We can't just continue to push out a bunch of content. Let's give the tools to the players. They can keep themselves occupied as we continue to work, just like we saw with 343 and Halo, which I think is going to be really exciting. And it's fun to think of, man, another great live service game from Xbox and Microsoft, similar to Sea of Thieves, that just kind of lives on with a strong audience and continues to grow each and every month, year. And uh, it will be fun to look back on ground and see where they go. So shout out to them and Team Obsidian. Congratulations. We look forward to November 13th. But 
It's time to get out of here. Andrea, you're amazing. And it's always great to spend time with you. Even oh, though it was you. a short one, I, I expect... I thought for sure that this last story was going to be the AI news that came out this week. You know what? I thought we're... for sure that that's what we were going to talk about last. <laughs> I, I wanted to end that with a special one. We're going to talk about uh, AI because it's a, a hot topic. Note. A positive note. You know that. Andrea, where can everybody find you? What are you doing? And, uh, of course, when will you come back? Oh, listen, I definitely desperately miss the Bay Area and I miss seeing all of you guys. And, you know, you, you let me know when you want me to come back and we'll we'll uh, we'll tussle it up again. Deal. Um, the easiest place to find me is um, on uh, Twitter. Do we call it X now? I can't call it X. Uh. Uh, and Instagram and TikTok. So at Andrea Renee um, on TikTok and Twitter and then uh, Andrea Renee underscore on Instagram. I've been posting Fitness updates, because I'm trying to hold myself accountable by publicly posting my workouts every day. So I'm just going to, I'm working on it. I like that. And she's killing it on TikTok. Always fun to see some dope unboxing. And just a day in the life of Andrea Renee. I appreciate that. Paris? Thank you. It was nice to hang out with you. I'm sure I will see you again next week. But until then, let's say goodbye to everyone. We'll catch you back here next week, gamers. Take care of yourselves. Have fun. And I'll see you in the Halo Infinite Battle Royale on a custom lobby. Bye, everyone.